The content provided in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as financial advice. We are not making recommendations, nor are we providing financial analysis of any kind. We are self-proclaimed morons and should not be trusted with your investments. Always conduct your own research and consult with a qualified financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Welcome to Stock Gamblers from Hershey, Pennsylvania. I am George Howell. I am Chris Carbonara from Wallingford, Pennsylvania. What is going on? How's everything? Well, I wasn't lucky enough to uh, travel this past week, but um, it's been all right. It's been a decent week. I've uh, got to play my last gig of the year down at um, my favorite place down in Woodbine, Tuckahoe area. First set, nice. Sound was great. There were little kids running around, the, like little, whatever, crumbs, what's it, crumb snatchers. And then they left. And then it was just me and the bartender until like nine o'clock. So oh, play your one man band playing to a one man audience. It was a paid practice. Yeah, it was a paid practice. <laughs> but uh, I, I recorded a board mix for the first time and it turned out really good. And because I didn't have to really, you know, perform for anybody other than the bartender, the quality of the performance was fantastic. Where did you I ever grow up when there's people around? Where did you ever get quality recording equipment? Well, it's funny you mention that. I got the Zoom P4 podcast mixer. Um, I got it from George's Music in Springfield, Pennsylvania, uh, and it was recommended by somebody named uh, you. Every uh, every jerk in your life dealing with audio is named George. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, I'm also playing with fire. I have a starter that's going on my car, and I can't take it in to get serviced until Friday. So every day I start it, I'm like, fingers crossed. Yes, another day alive. Well, you but I didn't have nearly as much fun as you had this past week. Can't you just weekend, I should say. crank start it if you need to? I wonder if they can do that. <laughs> well, can't I can't even pop start. Can't even pop start cars anymore. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no uh, manual transmission. You can't pop the clutch. So yeah, uh-huh. I used to do that all the right. time in my car whenever the uh, starter was going, or if I was having battery issues, I'd always make sure I parked downhill. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it always sucked when you couldn't get it and you didn't have enough power to get the power the power brakes to to work. That's the worst when you oh, yeah. that that in the steering, especially if it's like icy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Had that problem Absolutely. all the time. But, so tell uh, me about your trip. I want to hear about Miami. Yeah, I went to to Miami for work, and uh, the first part of this was me getting irate at Dunkin' Donuts. Sorry, Dunkin'. That that's the problem. Dunkin'. Dunkin'. You know how right. from us working before that I was such a, a fan of Dunkin'. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, there was one in the airport, so I stopped there, and I get it. You know, I'm old. I want to call it Dunkin' Donuts, just like I want to call every uh, every establishment that comes into wherever I've been shopping for 30 years uh, by the old name. You know, like <laughs> so, I, I'm I'm still in the habit of calling Dunkin' Donuts, but I got it. You change your name to Dunkin'. I, I mean, but whatever. You know, so I order the omelet bites because I'm I'm trying to not be a fat 
bastard and and watch my weight and everything so eggs and cheese sure yeah yeah (laughs) i mean like you know it's like the same thing as like starbucks sous vide egg bites i guess but i order them and they come to me and i'm expecting like round discs which are definitely unappetizing to begin with but um they they come to me and they're shaped like little donuts so if you're going to go through all the trouble to change your name, why are you keeping everything looking like donuts so that I want to call it Dunkin' Donuts? Right. Yeah, I don't I don't get that. But uh, <laughs> then I, I, I get through security and everything. And after I'm already through security, they have signs everywhere that, well, they, they tell you not to take it. Well, that's besides the point. But they have signs anywhere after you get go through the security checkpoint to make sure that you're not carrying firearms or firearm parts pe- into the checkpoint like that. Wouldn't that be a lot better if it happened before the security checkpoint, not after I'm all the way through, what am I supposed to do with the, you know, mm-hmm. all the guns I'm not supposed to bring if I'm already past the checkpoint going, Oh yeah, this is illegal. Is that why so many politicians get caught smuggling guns and they just say, Oh, I didn't know. Oh, I forgot it was in the bag. Probably, yeah. They're all they're all flying out of Harrisburg, and they they <laughs> they got to the sign after they went through the checkpoint. <laughs> and then uh, the other thing was, I could not understand. I was walking through a uh, a duty free shop, and mm-hmm. in and, the duty free right. shop there was a wall of cologne, an entire like wall and aisle of cologne, and then another wall and aisle full of chocolate. And I, I couldn't understand why anyone be, would be that excited to save tax on things that aren't really taxed all that high until I was in Miami in cabs and every cab driver in Miami probably put on a half a bottle of cologne. It was ridiculous. I, I get it. It's a nightclub. It's hot. People are sweating, you know, like, but man, I, I couldn't understand who would be all eager to save tax money on on cologne and then then i i found out exactly why (laughs) yeah yeah makes sense sort of but yeah so that that's about it i don't want to i don't want to complain too much about uh about my trip it was for work so there wasn't too much fun going on but uh obviously this is uh, a lot less entertaining than i was anticipating or (laughs) (laughs) i'm not a very i i gotta i gotta admit i'm not in a very uh very good Story mood right now. Mode. My my right. wife got into a car accident earlier tonight, so it's kind of kind of dragging me down a little bit. But uh, God, I'm uh, I'm here talking to all you guys, so it's gonna. Was she letting the dog drive? How did she? Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. Putting I don't the, know. <laughs> finger pulled on the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Look, no hands. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so let's uh, let's start with uh, a little bit of a recap. Okay, let's start. Okay, stock market bulls are optimistic about a year-end rally. Yeah, as a four-day rally accompanied by failing bond yields helped <laughs> mitigate the impact of a three-month retreat that pushed the S&P 500 and NASDAQ composites into market corrections. Economists believe that the recent pessimism in September and October and last week might give way to a Santa Claus rally. I love that phrase. Oh. Santa Claus rally. Major stock 
including the Dow Jones Industrial Average, S&P 500, and NASDAQ Composites have shown strong gains with the prospect of their best weekly performance in 2023. However, there's always a however, there are lingering concerns about potential market volatility and geopolitical risks, despite positive economic, economic indicators. It's hard to say. Santa Claus is coming. Come on, you got to spend for three months. And then they'll say after Christmas, oh, yeah, it's horrible, horrible recession. Yeah, we yeah, shouldn't spend yeah. all that money. Horrible recession. Everyone's breaking records, but uh, we, don't, we don't feel good as a country. Mm-hmm. We just don't feel right. <laughs> so speaking of well. speaking of not feeling right, Jeff Gunlich, the CIO and founder of Double Line Capital, is expressing concerns about a potential financial crisis driven by the increasing federal deficit. He believes that m- the mounting deficit, which reached $1.7 trillion and is the third highest on record, could overwhelm the government's ability to service its debts. No crap. While Gunlich is... Con- Cautious about the government's financial situation, he appears more optimistic about equities despite the possibility of a looming recession. In Wednesday's trading, major stock indices, uh, including the Dow Jones Industrial Average, S&P 500, and NASDAQ Composite, posted gains while Treasury yields saw declines, with the two-year Treasury closing at its lowest since September 7th, and the 10-year Treasury note touching its lowest since October 16th. So $1.7 trillion is the third lo- third highest on record? What's the first highest on record? I have that? no idea. That, that's... I thought the $1.7 trillion was you know, the highest we've ever been. I thought... Um... I mean, first, that's like bananas to me. And then mm-hmm. second... The one point seven trillion would that then indicate that that is the entire um, uh, inflation reduction act? Um, I guess because if that that it. number matches up, um, and uh, wow, you know uh, that I I can't even comprehend that number. I always wonder about the whole thing about the uh, the country's debt. Like, are there going to be people? You know, is is Rocco going to show up at the door? Yo. You, uh, you, you owe me seven trillion dollars. Uh, yeah, Rocky, you know, pretty, Rocky's pretty nice gonna, country. It's a shame uh, something should happen to it. Rocky's you know? gonna come by bouncing his blue ball, threatening right. to break your legs. Yeah. Right, right. I yeah, mean, I told him I'd break his tums. We are, we are coming up on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Take her to the zoo. Oh my God, I can't even say it. It's inappropriate, <laughs> but they love the zoo. Which also reminds me of a really good Dead Milkman song. Oh, I, I love Dead Milkman. You know the one I'm talking about, right? Oh, I'm not sure. Blank at the zoo. (laughs) Nothing to do but take blanks to the zoo. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Big lizard in my backyard. Uh, Following Mm -hmm. up on last week, uh, WeWork filed for bankruptcy. No story there. All right. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will. So. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You're going to play some cool music and then I can do my. uh, Yeah, okay. All right. I'm not used to the music. I'm still getting used to having like production value. And take two. And in stock news, Chris Carbonara. China has reached a significant turning point with its trade with developing countries, surpassing that with the U.S., Europe, and Japan combined. 
This shift underscores the divergence between China and the West, fueled by tensions in trade, technology, security, and other areas. The West is increasingly reducing its reliance on Chinese supply chains, but there are concerns about slower global growth and potential economic costs for both sides as they adapt to these new economic patterns. Disney announced that it expects to pay Comcast at least $8.61 billion for its sale in Hulu as part of a complex negotiation over the streaming video service's future. Disney controls two-thirds of Hulu, while Comcast owns one-third, and the payment reflects the minimum amount Comcast is owed. Both companies will now engage in negotiations to determine the full value of Hulu and any additional payments due to Comcast. Now, I had heard that uh, the way that this has been working is that Disney was trying to, I don't want to call it artificially keep its uh, its uh, value low. Uh, I don't want to say they're pulling a Trump, but uh, they were, mm-hmm. a better way to say it would be that they were being very cautious to make sure that they weren't um, making Hulu better than it needed to be so it didn't increase in value okay. so that they wouldn't have to very pay Comcast even more money. Mm-hmm. So uh, now that they are getting ready to close, uh, I've also been hearing that once Disney has complete ownership of Hulu, the whole streaming consolidation thing is just going to be completely nuts. Because hmm. uh, like Hulu or Disney can do whatever they want to Hulu. They can take in other partners if they want. Mm-hmm. I heard they're shopping for partners for ESPN. And, and I've heard that the with how expensive it costs to operate a streaming service with addition to the way that all of these companies don't have much money, it's just going to be one sale after another. Hmm. Now I had heard that when Disney was trying to, um, trying to um, negotiate this with Comcast, they were put on hold by the customer service and they never got back to it. I don't know <laughs> if that really happened or not. Right. Um, Disney got so pissed off. They just, you know, they screamed that they were going to go to X, they were going to go to a Fios and then they left. So I don't, I don't really know if that happened. But yeah. But yeah, I've heard that. I, I've, I was going to say, I've heard that like there, there's rumors that like HBO Warner, Warner Brothers is going to sell possibly to another yeah. company. Paramount might sell. Amazon's looking to buy people. Disney might be trying to get Apple to buy them. I mean, it, it's all rumors and speculation, but it it should be a real fun show to watch. It sounds like a, a, a television orgy kind of, you know, they're all just uh, <laughs> getting in on each other and screwing up each other's, you know, they're, they're, um, whatever sounds like they should make a tv show about making tv shows yeah like the late night uh thing from the 90s that was actually a really good show it was the one about the late night wars going on with letterman and uh, jay leno was a fantastic hbo (laughs) movie i loved i used to love the hbo movies i thought they were really good too big to fail was another one that i really liked hbo used to be really really good now they're kind of meh now they now they give you stuff like the flash they don't (laughs) yeah that's true that is true Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell suggested that the central bank may not raise interest rates further for now, but did not rule out the possibility of another increase as officials extended the pause in rate hikes. The Fed left rates unchanged at a 22-year high in its latest decision. Powell emphasized that inflation has fallen significantly, indicating that the the Fed is not eager to hike rates again unless stronger than expected economic data necessitates it. Again, we're on the um, 
everything changes from week to week to week. Yeah, yeah. Everyone uh, just takes back everything they said. It's like you know. Now, you there's, on... no, now there's no reason to raise rates. Yeah, you can. but we may. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's operating on the whim of madman. Yep. Investors have increased their holdings of money market funds to nearly five point six trillion amid market volatility and rising cash yields. While cash offers short-term safety and returns of five percent or more. Financial advisors caution that fees, taxes, and inflation could erode these returns over time. Furthermore, holding excessive cash can lead to missed investment opportunities in diversified portfolio of stocks and bonds. Furthermore, it doesn't matter what you do, someone's going to say the opposite. So basically, having too much cash is bad because, you know, if you hold on to it, you're not going to invest it. <laughs> the the <laughs> trick is... Don't have money. If you hit money, right. more money, more problems. That's just uh, the way mm -hmm. it is. You know, it's all the, it's all puffy and biggie here. More money, more problems. Mm -hmm. Now, real life hobbit Sam Bankman Freed, the founder of FTX, has been convicted of stealing billions of dollars from customers in one of the largest financial fraud cases in U.S. history. The crypto exchange abruptly collapsed a year ago, causing customers to lose billions. Bankman Freed was convicted on all seven counts he faced, and he could face a lengthy prison sentence. I just got a phone call from Sam Bankman Freed. He demands that we issue a correction. He is not a a uh, real life hobbit. He is half hobbit and half troll. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. John now Gray. Go ahead. But which one is which? Which parent is which is what I want to know. Because that raises a lot of questions, you know, especially <laughs> if, if um, you know, if, if mom was the hobbit, then it raises some questions. You know? Yeah, they can only meet at night because they turn, turn to stone during the day. And <laughs> John Gray, president of Blackstone Group, has expressed concerns about the Federal Reserve's monetary policy potentially leading to an economic slowdown. He believes the Fed's objective is to slow economic activity and reduce inflation, which could result in a less tight labor market and lower economic growth. Gray acknowledges that while the Fed may succeed in slowing things down, the momentum in economy might prevent a severe deceleration similar to past recessions. Doesn't matter what you do, someone's got a problem with it. Pretty much. God forbid you save something. God forbid you help out. I am I am such an expert. Everything everything is like all the experts during COVID. Everything changes every week. Every week someone says something completely different, takes something back without saying that they were wrong. Everyone's just shooting right from the hip and, and talking about how uh how wrong everything was before or saying the complete opposite. It's that whole hot take thing, you know. It's that whole oh, everybody says this, so I'm going to be different and say this. Just uh, to be cool. I'm I'm just going to let ruin ruin the surprise, and right now just call all financial experts are the moron of the week. <laughs> Speaking of that, Richard Bernstein or Bernstein, chief investment officer of Richard Bernstein Advisors, believes that unloved sectors of the global stock market may outperform U.S. market leaders like Apple and Nvidia over the next decade. He points to the extreme valuation between the top performing U.S. mega cap stocks known as the Magnificent Seven and the rest of the market. While the Magnificent Seven have dominated the market in 2023,
Bernstein sees a generational investment opportunity in broader global equity markets. So I, I just want to say that um, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to bring it down real low and slow here. And there there are no real unloved sectors of the global stock. There are just sectors of the global stock that need a little bit of loving too. So here on Stock Gamblers, we try to spread our love all around. Oh yeah. <laughs> and now we got George as the moron of the week. All right, <laughs> right I am. So let's uh, let's come back in and touch base on our stock game because we mm -hmm. did change this up. Our uh, we now give picks on what we're actually putting into our money market virtual stock exchange portfolio, and to follow everything up, uh, I picked Fortinet Inc. Did you? Because that, yes. that is down. We lost money on that. Uh, I picked Mattel. That is up. You picked Mattel as well. Yep. I picked yep. Snap, and that is up. You did not. Uh, I think I that. Texas Instruments. You did not pick that, and I did. Well, you were, you were wrong. That is up. I thought you said no. I thought you didn't pick it, too. I right? did pick okay. it, yeah. Um, I, I said they were going to be probably, they probably make bomb parts, and that's why they were going right. to, yeah. Um, Massimo Corp, you picked, that is up. I picked Vanguard S&P 500, that is up. You picked MRO Oil Corp, and that is wow. down. You picked Microsoft, and that was big up. And you picked Ralph Lauren, and that is down. So, uh, I am winning. By how much? Um, when I looked, it wasn't too much. It was like 4%, maybe? Maybe. I, it wasn't that much. Let me check right now. I am up by, oh, wow. I'm I'm beating you by about $4,000. So, yeah, about 4%. Okay. I'm going to get that back. You will, yeah. So, um, I think the way that we'll do this is you have to hold... Do you have to hold it for a week, or are you allowed to to exit out of your, whatever you decide at any time? I, don't know, I like holding on to them. Okay, so we'll hold on. I'm to a hoarder. It. You're required to hold on to it for until the next show, and then you can dump it or make changes or whatnot. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm a stock hoarder. Yeah, you can you can do other companies too that we're not picking on the whim or whatever, but uh, yeah. It is now time for Roll Them Dice, the dicey segment where we take five randomly chosen publicly traded companies and we add them to our virtual market portfolio to see how they perform. This week, Chris Carbonara was the big loser. Our success comes down to the choice we make in a moment. Carbo, this week, we have... Along with our picks. <laughs> <laughs> Along with our picks, we have uh, Garmin Limited. Um, I don't know what that is, so I'm going to say no. I would say off the top of my head that that would be uh, the GPS company that now smartwatch makers and uh, whatever else. But uh, I, uh, I'm going to say yes. Okay, then. Xerox Holding Corporation. Um, I'm going to say yes. 
I am I also going to are. say yes. Duke Energy Corporation. We know how you uh, you love all of those uh, petroleum products. Mm-hmm. I love those old oil barons. <laughs> um, I don't know much about Duke, but uh, put me down for a yes. All right. I will say yes as well. Aflac Incorporated. Uh, I'm going to say no. And the reason I'm going to say no is um, I can't imagine how they make money with all the programs they have. They have specific programs for cancer, for cardiac issues, for like various programs that you can buy. And yes. And I'm just imagining a bunch of people cashing them all out. And I don't know how they can stay profitable, but. Because we used to actually get that every year. We'd have to sit down in the AFLAC meeting. Oh, here's our packet on cancer. Here's our packet on um, cardiac issues. And I forget there was a few other ones. Uh, accidents and injury, all wow. that kind of stuff. But just seems like, I mean, it's a great idea. But the way the health is in the, in the United States, I could just see them like paying out all these claims. And Well, also, all, all the insurance companies have all had to raise their rates because they've all been underinsured or, or mm-hmm. under uh, collecting premiums and, and they've been having to pay out. And did you know that there are insurance companies for insurance companies? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, when an insurance yeah. company fills claims, they bring it back to their insurance company. Um, I am saying no because I have uh, gone to interviews to become an AFLAC <clears throat> employee selling, wow. selling products, and those are crazy. Uh, I am not, and I am being clear, I am not calling it a pyramid scheme. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I have been to pyramid scheme um, interviews as well at the seminars, and it mm-hmm. felt a lot like that. They have a multi-person interview, so you're interviewing with like 15 or 20 people, and they would probably be willing to hire all of them all at one shot because you work entirely on commission and I'm sure that they have those like, Oh, you just need to buy our starter package for four payments of $250. And, uh, by the way, give us the names of all your relatives and all your friends. And then we could sell them packages as well. After you work your way up to a top salesperson, then you can start hiring your own employees underneath of you. And all that noise you hear in the next room, that's the people. They just got their checks. They're cashing their checks. Their <laughs> right. I actually went to one at Pyramid Scheme. I was doing that. They had people in another room, room screaming and yelling. They're all just getting their checks today. You know? and I was like, nah. I was like dumb. I was like 23 up at Penn State. And even that, I was like, wait a minute. This is not right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I've been to a few of those. Uh, <laughs> Corning Incorporated. I like Corning. Um, I like upstate New York, too. So I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I uh, I like Corning as well. Uh, there is no shortage in cell phone production, so I am saying yes as well. So if I just say yes for every yes you have, will I eventually win? No, they <laughs> could they could lose. They can always well, lose money. <laughs> so if you, fellow listener, would like to participate in our stock uh, money market virtual game machine thingy, like uh, we uh, we go through, and you think you have what it takes to beat us. Uh, I think I'm going to be the big winner, and I'm going to make the most money, but you're welcome mm-hmm. to take me on, mm-hmm. give me a run for our money. 
you can participate as well. All you need to do is join our Patreon for $5 a month at patreon.com slash stockgamblers, and you can put your merit to the test. And now, we will check in on what the experts have to say and analyze their picks. Carbo, can you tell us about uh, about the Motley Fool? Sure, our buddies at Motley Cruel. Their pick for this, for actually, it was we record on the Tuesday. They pick on the Thursday. So their pick from last Thursday was DoorDash. DoorDash has emerged as the dominant player in the food delivery market, boasting a 65% market share and a strong consumer adoption reaching between 70% and 75%. While it primarily operates as a technology company, linking customers with local businesses, it has expanded its services beyond restaurant deliveries to include groceries and essential household products, bolstered by its loyal user base and Dash Pass membership program. CEO Tony Zhu is committed to aggressive growth and maximizing long-term value, holding significant stock ownership and voting power. Despite an initial stock price surge followed by a significant drop in 2022, DoorDash's recent expansions into new markets, potential advertising revenue, and strong financial positions indicate growth potential. However, potential economic downturns, lack of GAAP profitability, and competition from rivals like Uber Eats, Grubhub, and Instacart are also concerns for investors. Really funny how um, you know all those companies came around in after uh, after DoorDash had established that. Like, I guess it was during COVID that Uber just said, "Hey, you know, like, we're going to throw this switch right here, and uh, we're going to start uh, we're going to start offering food pickup as well." Mm-hmm. I'm out here already. Might as well pick up your order. Yeah, yeah. I'm already driving people around. Uh, Chevron stock. Well, for for Barron's picks, Chevron stock has fallen 17% in 2023, making it the worst performer among major energy companies, including Exxon Mobil, which is down just two percent this year. Makes me feel all warm and comfy and wants want to get all on board. This decline comes after a disappointing earnings report and a surprise delay in a key oil field development in Kazakhstan. Despite these challenges, some analysts believe Chevron is well-positioned for the long term with value assets and an attractive valuation trading around 11 times projected 2023 earnings and offering a dividend yield of 4.5%. One of their other picks, Vestas, a newly public a newly public uniform rental company spun out from Aramark, sees significant potential in its uniform rental business. The company aims to compete with industry leaders like Sintes and UniFirst by adding new customers, expanding businesses with existing ones, and cross-selling additional workplace products. Vestas has reorganized its sales team and operations to focus on improving routine density, which is key to increasing sales, expanding margins, and narrowing the gap with larger rivals. Mr. Carbonara, please tell us about where you're going this week and uh, what you're going to do with your fake money. 
or real money. Well, I've been doing so well. I figured that my first pick actually has been a darling of the MFers for quite some time, but it slipped off my radar for a spell. Alibaba is a company that offers technology, infrastructure, and marketing outreach. Now, the moronic reason that I'm picking it is that I've had it on my watch for months, and then I forgot about it. And when I checked it today, I was pleasantly surprised to find that it's been rebounding nicely from its earlier three-month slide. So according to sources, no less than 60 analysts still list BABA, that's the actual B-A-B-A is the ticker code for it, as a buy with only 8% of them calling for a hold and nobody calling to sell it. So my next pick, Markle. Or is it Markel? I should have done that research. Markle is a financial holding company which engages in underwriting specialty insurance products for a variety of niche markets. November 1st, Markle took an unexpected dive, dropping over 11%. And as long as they aren't underwriting bogus mortgages, this stock should rebound quickly. It's not a cheap stock, averaging about 1300 between 1300 and 1400 a share. But if you can't get partial shares, then might as well go for it. All right. Sure. What about your picks? For me, Roku Inc. reported better than expecting third quarter earning results with revenue of $912 million surpassing analyst expectations of $857 million. The company also recorded a positive adjusting EBITDA of $43 million, defying expectations of, of a $29 million loss. Roku expects fourth quarter revenue of approximately $955 million, slightly ahead of the fact-set consensus of $952 million. I cannot believe that this company that sells their extremely affordable hardware is making this much money just on advertising on on in both their uh, operating system or user interface and and through their television channels that is nuts mm-hmm. vertex pharmaceuticals is conducting four studies on a potential non-addictive pain pill called vx548 that could rival opioids and pain relief or be a flying aircraft Without the addition, uh, without the addiction risk of, and side effects, if the trials are successful, sales of VX five four eight could reach five point one billion dollars a year by twenty thirty, according to analysts. While, uh, sorry, by twenty thirty, according to analysts, while there are concerns about the drug's efficacy, Vertex is optimistic about its potential, and investors are closely watching the trial results. And uh, Berkshire Hathaway reported a record third quarter operating earnings of $10.8 billion after taxes, beating Wall Street estimates. The conglomerate benefited from higher insurance underwriting profits and increased investment outcome. However, the company's overall results showed an after-tax loss of $12.8 billion, primarily due to a decline in the stock market, including a 12% drop in Apple a significant holding in Berkshire's equity portfolio. So for me, that will be Roku, Vertex Pharmaceuticals, and Berkshire Hathaway. Okay, I'm going to be copying those picks off you. I uh, I've previously owned Berkshire that uh, that ha- usually handled pretty well. All righty. All right. Well, I guess that will uh, just about do it for this week.
So uh, thank you for joining us on Stock Gamblers. Stock Gamblers is hosted, written, and produced by Chris Carbonara and George Howell. Special thanks to our Patreon supporters like Don Realm. You make this show possible. To write to us, please write to us. You can email <laughs> us at stockgamblers at show at gmail.com. Stockgamblersshow at gmail.com. You can find out more information about our show at stockamblers.net, including where you can subscribe to our podcast and where you can provide a one-time donation. If you find value in our show, please consider joining our Patreon for just $5 a month. Just $5 a month. A cup of coffee for each of us. You can help support us and gain access to our bonus content, as well as test your stock skills by playing against us, morons in our own virtual stock market exchange. Thanks for listening and keep gambling. Keep gambling. This has been a Winning Moon production.